Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. My computer was wigging out for a second, but I think we're good now. You had to do a pump fake on the intro. Yeah, it is episode 48 of Stands and Fits, brought to you by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University in Ames, Iowa. Yes. The home of the Big 12 representative <laughs> in the Valero Alamo Bowl. Correct. You talked to somebody about the College of Business I for did. today's podcast. We did our second official interview yesterday. Uh, you were there, but you were feeling under the weather, so I handled most of it. Actually, all of it. All of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was Hakeem Abdul-Khalik. He played for Iowa State in the 90s. He was a basketball player, uh, walk-on. Also got his MBA from Iowa State, so it was pretty interesting talking to him. So you'll hear that here in a second. Yeah, we'll play that here um, in just a minute. And then, of course, we will do most of our normal stuff. We're not going to do hot and not this week, but we will do our other normal things. Talk about the bowl game. Yes. Talk about Iowa State and some other team playing basketball. Some other team out east. On Thursday. And do we have mailbag or anything? We do. We We have two mailbag questions today. Okay, we got two mailbag questions. I don't think we have underrated underdogs. Um, I, I put that in the doc. You probably haven't looked at the doc. No, I haven't. I've been okay. in the middle of other I stuff. I was thinking we could do bowl picks next week, and that could be part of our underrated underdogs. Yeah. Okay. That works. When do the bowl games start? The 15th, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That should work then. Um, man, we're, we're two weeks out from episode 50. It is. So the episode 50 should fall right before... It'll be right before Christmas. Right before Christmas, right before the Alamo Bowl. So I don't think we'll probably do a... Will we do a Stains of Fits the week of? Because that'll be on Christmas Day is what we, when we usually would record. So probably not. No, probably not. So 51 people will have to wait until, until after the new year for. Yep. But yeah, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do for 50. We're going to do something. Yeah. Again, last year, I think we gave out gifts. Yeah, on Christmas Day. Yes. Or right around Christmas. Yeah, we gave out gifts. Maybe we, do, we could probably do that again. Might do something like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out. But first, we will play Fitzy's interview with former Iowa State basketball player and Ivy College of Business graduate, Hakeem Abdul-Khalik. All right. Welcome to a very special portion of Stands and Fits today. Today, we have a special guest. Akeem will do a clip on today. How's it going, Akeem? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Kevin? Doing pretty well, too. Uh, so it's pretty special to have you on today. You're on the state during a very unique time. Um, you're on the basketball team from the transition to from Johnny Orr to uh, Tim Floyd. So can you tell me a little bit about that time during uh, your basketball career? Yeah, sure. So... Um... So I was a walk-on my uh, starting in, in 1993, and um, I'd actually uh, practiced with the, the team in 1992 with with Johnny Orr, and um, you know at that time I think there was you know between scholarship players and um, walk-ons there was something like 19 players on the team, and so Johnny was really nice. He was kind to me, and he said, uh, uh, you know, look. It was uh, me and another walk-on named Saul Harris. He said, look, uh, we want to have you on, but there's there's too many people on the team right now. He's very direct, but uh, also very kind. And then uh, the next year, Saul and I tried out again, and, uh, and Johnny 
uh, came to the both of us and he said, you're on the team. And, uh, and we were, we were really, really excited to be part of Iowa State basketball. And as you know, uh, Johnny Orr, uh, built what, what is now Hilton Magic, uh, really from the ground up. And, uh, and so we, so that 93, let's say 94 season was, um, our first year. And then during that time period after that, the transition when Johnny, uh, left Iowa State and I believe retired. Then, uh, Tim Floyd came in and he basically, um, just honored the agreement that, that, that we have with Johnny Orr. And, and, uh, and so, and, and the rest was really just, uh, it was, it was great. You know, so being part of the program for, for four, four full years was, was phenomenal. And to see two great coaches was, uh, was truly great. For sure. And so then, Obviously, you got experience under both of those coaches. Can you tell me a little bit about what, like, what the differences were, and maybe what the similarities were between both Orr and Floyd? Yeah, so, so I'll start with uh, the similarities. I think both, in, in their own way, were were kind of larger than life characters, right? And so, anyone who knew uh, Johnny Orr, I mean, he 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 had the best stories of anyone you could tell. We would sit and we would go to like the state center and for dinner and this, you know, just the the team and and he would go there and he would just like literally hold court and everyone would just watch him. And he had the, you know, just the best jokes. He was a lot of fun to be around. Um, And and I felt like his style of basketball was really a reflection of that. You know, you saw put up a lot of points. We had really great shooters. That was, you know, when Fred Hoyberg was there and Hurl Beecham and you had James Hamilton and, you know, Julius Mikalik and, you know, uh, we just had, uh, those were fun teams, right, that put up a lot of points and so really led by by him, I think, and is, is you know, just who he was as a person. And then you have uh, uh, Tim Floyd, Coach Floyd, who also larger than life personality, I think probably most would agree a bit more defensive minded than offensive minded, but still, you know, a, a huge personality, huge impact on the community and the program and, um, and found ways uh, to win games that, that many would say, wow, you know, I wouldn't think I would stay with, would win that game and, and we will win that game, just like the, the big, you know, big 12 championship. And so I think, you know, both, both uh, very uh, knowledgeable coaches, Different styles, but you know, but but effective for for the time and for for what we needed to, you know, continue to to raise awareness and bring Hilton Magic back to, um, you know, Iowa State. So in Ames, Iowa, for sure. You know, I was uh, scouring the internet the other day, just doing some research on you before an interview, and I found an old Iowa State Daily article, I believe, from 1997, and had some really great quotes from your teammates. I believe Dedrick Willoughby said. He's a comedian, the coach. When something goes wrong, he holds us together. And I was about you. And then Kelvin Cato said, people don't understand that it's hard not being on a scholarship up here. And he really practices every day great when you don't have to do it. He's a special kind of guy. And then J.C. Holloway said, he brings a lot of enthusiasm to the game and just reminds you how fun it really is. So hearing stuff like that, you can really tell that you were a, a big time hustler and you really had fun with there. Is that a, a point of pride for you when you when you played? Absolutely. No, I so uh thanks for, for looking up those quotes and uh for for taking me a quick trip down memory lane. Um mm-hmm. you, you know, so here's the deal. I mean for me, um it's a privilege and an honor to be able to play for, for Iowa State basketball and you know, coming out of high school, you know, I could have probably gone to some junior colleges and maybe hopefully uh, went to, uh, a college if, if that's what I wanted to do. I chose, 
and and was lucky enough to have the opportunity to 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 get an academic scholarship to come to Iowa State, and that's something I've been very proud of. And then now being able to then uh, be a part of the basketball team, I think, is is probably anyone's dream. And so I'm originally from Kansas City. I'd gone to a basketball camp at Iowa State once, just as it as it turns out, and I really fell in love with the campus. And uh, so when the opportunity came, you know, I took it, and uh, and then a year later to be on the team. Um, and, and that's, to me, the way I looked at it was, you know, I, I didn't get a scholarship uh, to, to be on the team. And so um, it was important for me. Um, and I think, you know, my, my the other walk-on who was with me, Saul Harris, I think we both felt the same way, is that we're going to push the heck out of, of whoever's on the team. And uh, we're going to make it uh, – we're going to make the whole team the best it can be. And so uh, we're going to lead, you know um, – in, in areas of academics, we're going to lead in terms of hustling, you know, every moment we're on the floor, and we, we really take pride. And I think in those statements, you also hear, you know, uh, you know, Dedrick and JC and Cato and, you know, people are just, you know, they were, they were it, you know, they were Iowa State basketball, and they took us, the program, to, to new heights at, at the time that were just, it was just so fun, right? And so, um, and I think what you hear on that is that we were all a team, you know, we respected each other. We wanted the best out of each other, um, and and that was you know that was fortunately the time I, I was a part of Iowa State basketball, and you know so it was. It, and I look on it very fondly. I think it's you know very key to you know who maybe I've become later in life. And so uh, very much something that I've been proud that I've been able to to be a part of. Very good. And so then you mentioned all those great memories. Are there any specific? games or practices that stand out in your mind as things that you look back on most most fondly well you know so is anything there's there's probably too too many to be named and, and you know uh it's the truth of the matter is you know all of us you know the players on the teams that i've been lucky enough to be on we, we probably all have you know secrets or things that we were like yeah maybe we don't want to say that uh <laughs> on the radio and on the air so I, you know what i'll say is that there's a lot of them and um and, and there there was a ton of of you know just real moments and memories and i think you know team bonding over you know just silly things fun things um being part of i will tell you of of the last you know, Big Eight championship, as it, as it were, you know, so being part of the last Big Eight championship, so winning that tournament and kind of not going in with the expectations that were there and being able to, you know, to, to be a part of that beating Kansas at the end to win the last, you know, Big Eight tournament championship, I think was, was really, really special. Um, and, you know, something that I think I'll always remember and, um, you know, and just the, the enjoyment, but I mean, I can, I can go down. Uh, down the road. I mean, we, we, you know, beat Florida and Florida State's gym. You know, we, you know, beat a Cincinnati team while I was there all, all this in the NCAA tournament. You know, we uh, made a Sweet 16 and then a last second shot away, you know, from uh, UCLA of, of making it to, you know, the Elite Eight against uh, the University of Minnesota. So, I mean, I just think there's, there's a ton of examples of, of, you know, having some, some great memories, great times and, um, and obviously, winning programs and, and being able to participate in that was 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 special. Very good. And then, so a personal question I'm kind of thinking about myself is: there, if you had to pick one player on all the teams that you were on to, that you going up against practice, you probably had the most fun playing against that was on your own team. Which which player would that be? 
Well, that's an interesting question. So here, I'll I'll tell you this. So the Saul and I, and then a couple other players were uh, were always scout team, Mm -hmm. and and so basically, scout team was. You know, we're about to play Kansas, and so, you know, at the time it was like, you know, Jared Hass or whoever it may be, or Paul Pierce. And uh, and so we'd have to be those individuals or play like how they play, right? And uh, and so that we could mimic and get our teams ready for, you know, what we were going to see during the game. And, and we took it seriously. And so whenever we played, the, you know, whoever was going to start that game or the varsity or anyone, we went out there to win. And, and honestly, I think it was, it was kind of a, a goal of ours is to have the coaches yelling at them for not being able to stop us. <laughs> so that, so it wasn't a player per se. It was whenever we were on scout team, we intended to win you know, that battle and, and whatever was going on or that it, it was it was great for us if the coach stopped practice and said, why aren't you guarding such and such in a very colorful way? So um, that was that was that was a lot of fun, I would say. <laughs> for sure. So being part of South Team, you kind of got to think about what kind of role you're playing and all that. And in a way that kind of translates to the business world, too, when you're leading into the to the business side of this interview, at what point did you realize that that was kind of what you wanted to do for your career? So um, so I was lucky enough to get uh, my undergrad and graduate degree, my MBA from Iowa State University. So I graduated, you know, in four years, and I still had one more year left of basketball. And uh, and so I was able to, uh, to um, get accepted into the MBA program at the College of Business at Iowa State, and so I, as I finished my last year of basketball, I was able to then one year later also graduate with my MBA, so I'm very proud of that. Um, and so I think I've, you know, if you kind of hear the story I'm telling you, is it started really with an academic scholarship at, at Iowa State, and uh, and so the focus has always been on, you know, academics for me and the importance of education and learning, and I think one of the things you take from a, a great university like Iowa State and I am biased, so I'll just say that, but um, is is the fact that you're always learning and you're always, you know, keeping a curious mind. And so from my perspective, I've been able to translate that into um, what I consider to be, you know, a fortunate career that I've had. And, and so I'm currently in human resources and, um, and, and my career has taken, um, you know, different twists and turns and things like that. But I, I will tell you that um, I've been able to, do that by staying curious in, in some of the principles I think that you learn while you're at Iowa State and, and being challenged and, and how to uh, grow not only, you know, uh, personally, because I think you do a lot of that as you go through college, but also um, to set yourself up to have a, a strong career. And so um, always been a focus of mine and this has continued, I think. So a uh, great foundation. Yep. And so then, I know you said your your career's kind of had some twists and turns, but I'm sure throughout that you've come up across with uh, some advice that you might give on to younger professionals. So if there was one piece of advice that you would pass on, what would it be? So also really good question uh, that you're asking. And and, and so I I don't know if there's a simple, easy answer, but but what I've found is is that – 
people that are excellent communicators and people that have a, a curious mind, you know, seem to do well in my experience. And in, in, in my career, I've, I've been fortunate enough, I've interviewed probably, I don't know, hundreds of people. I've seen thousands of resumes. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I probably, when I say hundreds, I mean, maybe I'm, it's probably close to a thousand people or more that I've interviewed over the course of my career and, and probably closer to something like, you know, hundreds of thousands of resumes that I've seen. And the, the point of that is, is that um, there's a lot of things that people do, a lot of great resumes. What, what makes, I think, uh, what can make a difference is who that person is. And so I know sometimes, you know, you see the, the person that has, you know, you know, straight A's, um, but doesn't have an extracurricular, you know, isn't in volunteering or doing internships or, you know, participating in band or whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be a sport, you know, but, but I think what you find is that the more well-rounded people are, the ability to communicate their own experiences and share that with potential interviewers and potential companies, uh, I think the ability to, you know, demonstrate and by curiosity, I mean, sometimes that means knowing more about the company than they thought you were going to know, or sometimes it means asking about individuals or, or just the ability to, to continue to want to learn. I mean, that's, those are probably common traits that I've seen in, in people that, that I would consider have been really successful, um, in my, you know, short time in, in my career. That's a really good answer. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, I guess I only have a couple more and then we'll go ahead and let you go for the day. Um, I know that Steve Prohm has had a couple of the alumni reunions recently. Have you been able to make it back for one of those? Yeah, so uh, I was able to make last year's, um, which was which it was great. And, and honestly, I, I thought it was really cool that Coach Prohm did that. It, uh, it sounds like a tradition. Um, he had, I believe, that Murray State and, and that he, if I'm not mistaken, um, that he did there and then he brought here. And, uh, it, and what a what a classy thing to do, I think. And so, and all the time that I've, you know, been away from um, Iowa State as a player, um, I think it's the first time I've seen something like that. And 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 you should have seen the, the looks on former players' faces. You know, we had some of us we hadn't seen each other in 20 plus years. Um, so the fact that he he really set the stage. Um, and, and actually made it so that it felt like, you know, hey, look, if you were a part of the program uh, at any point, you, you're welcome to come here. And, and it, so it is just, again, I, you know, not that I didn't feel that way, but it's it's an interesting thing when you, you make it known and, and make it clear that, hey, this is home. You know, Ames, Iowa, Iowa State University is home to you. And, and so what what a really good deal. Um, so glad he did that. And, uh, you know, my the uh, Players and all my friends that were able to attend it this year said this year was no different. So um, I thought that was great. That's really cool. So I'm sure at the reunion that you attended last year, you probably got to meet a lot of, uh, you know, obviously former and more current basketball players that have been on the team. Um, since you graduated, I know you, you spent time coaching your kids and whatnot and are busy with that. Has there been any specific Cyclone basketball players that you've really enjoyed watching? So, um, I, yeah, so, I mean, so for me, uh, now he's, he's not on this year's team, but I always uh, watch, enjoy watching George Yang because uh, I thought he was just, you know, he was kind of he was kind of a cat that you just couldn't pin down to a certain type of game. You know, you thought he'd go left, he went right. You thought he wouldn't shoot, and he did. You thought he was going to shoot, and he drives. And, uh, 
And so if I'm not mistaken, I think he's with Utah right now and, and, and seems to be doing well with them. And um, so, yeah, he was, he was a player, but, but honestly, there've been many players. I mean, and so I'm just a fan of, of Iowa state basketball. And so um, I, I was overseas here for the past couple of years. So I haven't been able to, I wasn't able to, to catch as many games due to the time difference um, until we were living there for, for, you know, two years, but, you know, coming back and, um, you know, and seeing how well the team is doing this year. And, um, you know, we got the big game coming up on Thursday, you know, that, that, you know, I'm always gonna, it's not that I, you know, I don't hate Iowa Hawkeyes, you know, like, I don't, being from Iowa, you kind of like want everyone to win except when we play them, and I really don't want them to win at all. I really want them to go down in flames. And uh, so, from that perspective, uh, I really hope we, we, you know, we we do well against them and, and win the game on Thursday. That would be great, um, and that'll give me a, a, quite a bit of bragging rights to to a few people up here that I know. So that would be uh, just from a personal selfish perspective. That would be. Uh, good, but just from an Iowa State perspective, I just, you know, I like our start. I like how we're doing. Um, how we can continue that through the Big 12. And, uh, yeah, and I'm always for, you know, for our team. And so I'm just, I'm watching this all the time, just hoping that, um, you know, that it's not for a specific player or this or that, but just that the university, uh, does well in the, in the sport. And I care quite a bit, you know, personally for university overall, for the business school that I've been a part of and for, you know, Iowa State athletics and basketball in particular, just because I you know it's a part of it. Yeah, hopefully the Hawkeyes can uh, go down this this Thursday. It'd be great to have Bragging West back on our side for sure. So um, I believe that's all I have for you today, Akeem. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to throw in for closing, or you just want to go ahead and call it a, a pod? No, well, I just want to say thanks for for taking the time. I, I get a chance to talk to you know a lot of my former teammates from time to time, and um, and one of the things is, I think you, from from top to bottom, wherever you talk to, you're so proud of the time we were at Iowa State. And uh, and so for me, um, obviously, I just feel like a small part of a, of a big wheel, and uh, you know that wheel will keep on turning. And, and so from my perspective, any any you know anything we do, I'm just I'm proud of kind of you know how far we've come. I think as as the university, and I don't mean just in sports. I mean I think. Um, you look at this year's football season, you look at the start of this year's basketball season, you look at some of the other sports that have been successful over the past years, you know, and and I think you can look and say, well, wow, I'm really proud. But I just think you, even as a university, uh, I keep looking every year. Iowa State moves further and further up the rankings in terms of, you know, the business school. And it's always been a great engineering school. And you know, veterinary school is phenomenal. And there's so many great I think things and aspects about, about Iowa State and um and so I'm just you know, like I said, I'm proud to have been part of all of it. I appreciate the time you all are taking, um, even just to ask a few questions and um yeah, and go clone. So Yeah, we we certainly appreciate you taking the time out of your day as well. So uh yeah, you, that was a great final answer. Iowa State's certainly a, a, a fantastic place. So uh one final thank you uh for coming on stands at this today. It's been a pleasure, Akeem. Likewise. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, no problem. So uh, we'll go ahead and take a quick break here on Stands and Fits, and we'll be right back with you after the break. Hey, guys, it's Williams here. On the podcast, on our radio shows, we talk a lot about point spreads, you know, all that stuff. To be honest, I'm not a big better, but I'm really just fascinated by that industry. And I want to recommend a service to you guys today if you're interested in that sort of thing. MyBookie.ag is the website. If you join right now, 
And if you give them our promo code, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. This is a really good deal. Our promo code is 2427. Again, that promo code is 2427. They have live in-game, live betting. They're in the business for you fantasy guys out there. You can bet over-under on fantasy points for players. There's all sorts of really cool things. MyBookie.ag. Again, that promo code is 2427. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Hello, Fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give him a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you. Welcome back to Stands and Fits. Where do you want to start? Let's start with talking about the Alamo Bowl. How about that? Sure. Are you multitasking? Is that what you're doing right I now? I am. I got a message from Chris that I was... Uh, that you're slacking and you need to work I'm much harder? Replying to, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, all right. So what's up? The Alamo let's Bowl talk about happening. the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about the Alamo Bowl. Uh, how excited... On a scale of 1 to 100, how excited were you about the Alamo Bowl bid? I was pretty pumped. I honestly... Obviously, we're not going to go any higher than the Alamo Bowl, given the way the bowl tie-ins go. Mm-hmm. So the Alamo Bowl was the best that Iowa State could make, and they did it. So I was pretty excited. I was probably like a 90. A 90? Yeah. What What would it have taken for you to be at 100? Uh, I guess I don't really know. If they would have said they were giving out free money for fans who were going to the Alamo Bowl, then I would have been 100. Are you going to the Alamo Bowl? I am, actually. My, uh, my parents offered to pay for the bigger portions of the trip, so I will be making my way down to San Antonio. There you go. Are you excited then? I am very excited. Have you ever been to San Antonio? I have not. I've been in Texas, but only like via connecting flights. So I've never actually walked around anywhere in Texas. So yeah, I've only ever been to Dallas. It'll be the first time for me. Uh, Is Dallas pretty cool though? Yeah, it was fun. I was only there for like a day and a half. Mm-hmm. Went for a class uh, when I was in, I was at Simpson. Okay. They have what's called May term there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took a class about the JFK assassination. Oh, really? Yeah. So we went to Dallas and very good. Did they have some like art- the- artifacts or anything down there? Yeah. There's a big museum in the Texas School Book Depository. Gotcha. And we walked around at the grassy knoll and all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm excited to go out and see the river walk in San Antonio. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I think it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Are you going to go and watch Monte? Um, I, well, let's see. I think we are going via bus. I'm not sure what time the bus leaves yet. Okay. So are you riding the Greyhound? Uh, the I'm, mega bus? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I'm I'm, exci- I'm actually kind of excited to figure out what it will be. Yeah. So to be determined. Yeah. I'd, I think I, it's I like hope, a, I hope you're not riding the Greyhound because <laughs> I would be concerned for your safety. I think it's uh, uh, like a 14 and a half hour drive, so we'd have to leave at like four in the morning to get there down to see Monte. Oh yeah, that's true. So okay. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pushing it. Yeah, no, I don't 
I would love to go see him, though. That would be awesome. Nuggets, yeah, I, Nuggets I, Spurs. I'm not even sure that if we're going to end up being able to go. I hope so. Mm-hmm. But, um, I know Chris was working on getting a, a package with the Spurs, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't think that that's going to. I don't think that's going to come through though, just because uh, that's our travel day, mm. and just don't want to mess around with it. Mess around and like risk missing the game mm-hmm. if there were to be weather or something like that. Yeah, that'd suck. Because breaking news, it is December in Iowa. Yes, and. Things could happen. And unfortunately, things can happen when it's December in Iowa. Yeah, that would be just our luck that a huge snowstorm comes in like the tw- on the day of Christmas. You asshole. Why would you say that? Hey, knock on wood. I think this is... This is not wood. Uh, well, I'll knock on wood later then. There it is. I got you. Okay, thank you. I got your back. Uh, how do you feel about the matchup though? Um, I haven't... To be honest, I haven't seen Washington State play at all this year. I know they have a pretty good defense and obviously it's Mike Leach. So, of course, they're going to run the air raid. So, it's going to be a fun game no matter what. Yeah, I. This is like a best case scenario, mm-hmm. I think, of all of the Pac-12 teams they potentially could have played. Just because yeah. Iowa State's team is set up to beat. Well, not even just that. It's just like the best game, uh, the most exposure, most that entertaining. You're get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Utah is a good team, but like, how yeah. how bad would you want to play Utah? You know, not really. I guess. I guess we could <laughs> yep. avenge the 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 sixty some. Yeah. Yeah, the beatdown that happened, what, 2009 or 2010, one of those years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that was was really embarrassing. That was not good. But um, other than that, I (laughs) guess it's like, yeah, get to play Washington State. I think that these two cities are very familiar. We should have come up with reasons why Ames is better than Pullman. That's what we should have done today. We could do that next week. We got time to to play. We need to just like come in and just crap all over (laughs) Washington State University. Yeah. Yeah, really stirred up because I think honestly, from what I've seen, the interaction between both fan bases has been really cordial and like they, we all like each other. I think, That's so what I'm far. saying. I think that I think we're realizing that oh man, Washington State fans are very similar to us. Yeah, this is this is not good. Yeah, Washington State is basically the equivalent of Iowa State in Washington, just because again, the University of Washington is, right. is the equivalent to the University of Iowa. So. Yeah, they've they've just got like it's like one university gets way more national play yeah than the other one mm. and then the other one's in a smaller city just you know mm. kind of off on its own just do our own thing yeah and we just resent everybody yes <laughs> <laughs> but again you gotta love mike leach being their head coach dude but yeah you did your mailbag today and uh someone asked you for your favorite mike leach interview yeah the one on weddings he which gave, is a hall of famer which was pretty awesome how many other ones it. did you consider um honestly that was really the only one that jumped into my mind i've watched more than that obviously but that yeah. was the one that just I, I immediately went to that one when i thought of interviews it's just the way that he talks so it's a matter it, of factedly yeah in a way. yeah he's so sure of what he's saying but some of the things that he says are just like so out there mm-hmm. you're like yeah it, it, that's that's what makes it so funny because you know he's not even kidding he's just like he's no. being dead serious no you he's, know? he's the kind of guy who is brutally honest yeah i'd love to play for him Mm-hmm. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, because you you know whatever he tells you in practice, he legitimately means it. He's not gonna sugarcoat things. Oh no, absolutely not. He is gonna be as blatantly real as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But I do think it's gonna be funny to get Washington State fans and Iowa State fans together. Yeah, it'll be. I think Tom Hyde tweeted out the Spider Man meme. Yeah, where it was like it's yep. like when Washington State and Iowa State fans finally run into each other and yeah. realize that they're exactly alike. And I think, you know, leading up to, again, all the, the charters and stuff are going down. State fans are going to be down there a couple days early. There's going to be a lot of time to interact with any of the Washington State fans who are down there, too. I think there's going to be a lot of friendships made yeah. leading up to the game. 
just like lifelong bonds yeah. at the Alamo Bowl. It's like, it, unless somehow things turn south, like in a really insane way, I think Iowa State fans are going to be rooting for Washington State and vice versa going forward. Right. Yeah. It's not going to be like Memphis, where I think all the Memphis people didn't like us. No. They really didn't like well, us Well, it's because all. we invaded their turf, basically, yeah. is what happened. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they, we left their city and they're like, good riddance to all those hillbilly people from Iowa. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it, as if they have any room to talk. But, yeah. Uh, I was, I was going to say, that's probably more hillbilly down there. Yeah. More, more redneck, they would probably say. Yeah. But the, you could just tell that from Twitter and stuff like that, that those people did not like us very much no, by I, the time we left their city. Well, I just don't think they had any idea how well our fan base was going to travel. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were also shocked. And they thought we were crazy because it's like it's 50 degrees down there. And people are walking around in shorts, shorts and t-shirts. Yeah, and they're, they're like, uh, they've got their winter coats on. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, it's like a, it's a tropical vacation, right? For us. Exactly. This is like being in, uh, being on the beach, basically. If, if I remember correctly, it was extremely cold last year during during the during the actual game. It was well, well, in here back in Iowa. Oh yeah, it was us, like so negative 10. Yeah, it was yeah. like the coldest week of the year. I remember getting back and we stopped in. I want us to say we stopped in Prairie City to get gas on mm-hmm. the way back. And uh, Chris got out. He was like, well, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing how, how warm 50 degrees feels when you're in single-digit tips. Oh, yeah. When you're used to it. Yeah. 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 I can't even imagine what it's going to be like to get off the plane and get on the plane in, San, in Des Moines. And yeah. it'll be... I'm, you know, I anticipate it'll be at least 70 degrees down there. I hope so. 60 or 70. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's yes. going to be fun. Uh, I don't know. Are you going to go to the Alamo? Um, I would think so. I don't, how far away is it? It's pretty close to the, the Alamo Dome, isn't it? I mean, I assume so. I, I need to look this up, but I'm, I, I'm pretty positive it's not that far away. So if, if you're going to, you might as well. I feel like it's one of those things that Rob is going to drag me to. And we'll get there, and I'll kind of look at it, and I'll be like, "Okay, well, I have heard it, there it is. I've I have heard that you don't need to spend more than five minutes there. Yeah, like you go, you see it, and then you leave. That's what I'm saying. I think I'll probably get there, and I'll look at it, and I'll be like, "Huh, huh, cool. <laughs> there it is. Where's the bush light? Yeah, let's, exactly. Let's go back and drink some more. Yeah, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be a good time. I don't even know like I've, the game at this point." You know, it just feels like a cherry on top. It's like, yeah, we get to go play the game. Exactly. But I don't think I'll really even think about the actual game until mm. the week before how the game actually is going to shape. I up. am going to be really excited just to see how packed the Riverwalk is with yeah. so many fans. Oh, it will be. It's going to be crazy. Mm. And it's just like a countdown. You yep. know, everybody around is just that's like all they're thinking about now. It's just like, yeah, we're going to the Animal <laughs> Ball. Exactly. And I think that's why, like, I think Ted tweeted out last night that it seems like leading into the basketball game as we transition leading into the basketball game tomorrow night, it's really quiet mm-hmm. uh, comparatively to most yeah. uh, potential Cyhawk matchups. And I think part of that is just because neither team was that good last year. And obviously both teams were eight win teams this year in football. So there was a lot more hype for football on both sides. Well, yeah, even though people are, if you listened to the to sports fanatics earlier this week, I know Hawk, so some, Hawk fans are some Hawk fans that were, were not very pleased about going to the Outback Bowl, again. going back to Tampa Bay. But again, again, like they're in reality, their season was fine. It's just the fact that they've been to the Outback Bowl so many times. I yeah. think it's gotten what what's gotten them down. Man, I'd be fine with going to Tampa Bay in in January. Yeah, and obviously the Outback Bowl like reps really like Iowa. 
Obviously. They've showed up so many times. Yeah. Have so. you ever been to an Outback? Mm-mm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. An Outback restaurant? Yeah. I've been one time, yes. I've never been to one. It was overpriced. It was, it was, I mean, it was fine food, but I wouldn't pay that much for that, for that kind of food. It's one of those things where you see so many TV ads for it, but I've never heard someone say like, yeah, let's go to Outback. <laughs> like the, the thing they always hype is a Bloomin' Onion. And the one time I went, I did not get a Bloomin' Onion. So that's my one regret. <laughs> so sometime I needed to just get the, the Bloomin' Onion to go and go eat it back in my own apartment or something. The other funny thing that I, or the other thing that I just keep thinking is funny is, uh, is the people that act like the fact that the Outback Bowl is on January 1st is a... Oh my gosh, that's is a huge so deal. Yeah, because literally the, the college football semifinals this year... Are on the, what, the 29th? The 29th. Yeah, yeah. So two teams who are in the semifinals will not play in a January Bowl. Yeah. Which is what Hawkeye fans like to hold over our heads all the time. Yeah, I was... <laughs> I just kept seeing that and I was like, I was like, man, this is a really weird thing to get worked yeah. up over like and it's not like it's a new year six game or i do something. understand that at one point that 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 argument did hold more weight because there were more good bulls in yeah January. maybe in 1995 <laughs> yeah but exactly nowadays it it isn't that important at all well and there's so many bulls that the i mean the it, the games kept getting pushed further and further back i mean there was times when like get the top bowl would be played on january 4th mm. or something you know yeah and now it's like the January, I mean, I think that most of those New Year's Six games are on New Year's Day, mm-hmm. aren't they? I believe so. So that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, all of those games are being played, and then there's the Outback Bowl. And you're yeah. like... It's like, one of these things is not like the other. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's at 11 o'clock in the morning. But yeah. I, I was just laughing at, like, that they're still trying to hold that over Iowa State fans' heads. It's like, yeah. it's just like, it's like that's just like a scheduling thing. It's it not is. even a... No. Not even it has anything to do with... No, and and, prestige. You can make. I think. I think it's pretty well uh, an argument that you could say that the Alamo Bowls is better bowl than than the Outback Bowl. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, Yeah. it it was. I mean, like one thing I wanted to argue. I wanted to go back and look. It's like one year. I remember Ball State and Buffalo or somebody like that playing in a bowl. What it couldn't have been Buffalo, but Ball State and someone playing in a bowl game, like on January sixth. Yeah, and I was like. It's like, okay. Good for them. They're playing right. a January bowl. Playing in a January bowl. There we go. And it was probably, they were probably playing at Ford Field in Detroit. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like the Quick Lane Bowl or whatever that thing's called. The Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. Yeah. You know, while you bring up Ford Field, though, the whole Iowa State hasn't played in a dome stat is really intriguing to me. Yeah, since, what was it, 1996? I think when so. When they played Minnesota? Because there was one bowl that they had played where I think the, they said the retractable roof was open, so it wasn't a true dome game. Yeah, which one was that? Maybe the Independence Bowl. No, I think it was the Insight. Because they used to play that at the. Didn't they play that at one time at the at Bank One? I have no idea. Where the well, I don't think it's called Bank Chase Chase Field, where the Diamondbacks play. I was gonna say it used to be called Bank One. Regardless, though, you were right that the last true dome game they played in was in the '90s. So this is gonna be like the first time that all these players have played in like a true non like windy environment. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. (laughs) I don't know. It's going to be... It's I've like, never been to a football... Well, okay, well, I guess I've been to a Vikings game. But Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever been to a football game in the Dome, but like a college game. In, okay, I know I've never been to a college game in the Dome. But yeah, me either. This will, this will be the first non-Vikings uh, Dome football game that I've ever, I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another time that I would have been to one. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you, have you ever been to the 
high school football playoffs at the Uni Dome or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why I say college yeah. game. I've never yeah. been to a college game at a dome. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I've been to the Clarendon. Went to that back in the day, and I went and watched them there. Yep. But I don't know. It's gonna be cool. We got next week. We should do something with the bowl games, just like the names. The names? Yeah, the names. Because there's so many good ones. I still love the Dollar General Bowl. Like, I want them to get it. It Like, I think about if they gave everybody a shopping spree at Dollar General, <laughs> like a $100 shopping spree. Yeah. That's basically the equivalent of like $1,000 at Best Buy. It is, honestly. You know? And obviously, what they would get with that $100 would be way less, way less in quality. But you would still get so much of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it'd be horrible quality. You like, I mean, really, at the end of the day, you would get nothing. Yeah, of value. Of value, you know. <laughs> but it's just like it, the idea of it being like, yeah, you guys get a hundred dollars at this. At this, I'd uh, probably just spend it all on candy because that's like the best value you can get at a Dollar General. Oh, without a doubt, dude. But think about all the, you can get like <laughs> way more candy than you'd ever need for three dollars. Yeah, imagine if you had a hundred. Yeah, you you have a it's basically a lifetime supply of candy is what they'd be getting. Exactly. Away. Yeah, basically. That's exactly what you'd get. It'd be phenomenal. Yep. All right, let's talk about the basketball game tomorrow night. Oh yeah, that that thing. Thursday night. Uh I think this is an interesting game. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I saw Iowa open as a, a one point favorite. They did. I was not surprised though. You really? No. I was surprised. See, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a spread, but I thought that Iowa State would be favored by like two or three. I just realized I think I forgot to put the Ken Palm thing in my... In your story? In my preview that I wrote. Uh-oh. So I now, did. Now I, you're multitasking again. I did. I didn't even put it in there. No, I'll just... I'll remember to go do it later. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ken Palm, I think, has Iowa State by two. Mm-hmm. Last time I looked. That makes sense. And see, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that if once the game rolls around, Iowa State get some money put on them and they they shift the line a little bit yeah i i don't know i think that's probably pretty close to a pick and it's just like so what if you okay if you were going to make the case for iowa to win this game what do you think they have to do to beat iowa state um sorry i just did it <laughs> while i was thinking about it so you were multitasking yeah Glad. i did it while i was just thinking about it right. uh i mean i'd say that they'll have to defend mm-hmm. which how often have we really been able to see them do that in an incredibly high level yeah you know um and i think that they're probably gonna have to have some guys hit some shots i mean mm. we camp will have to hit some threes Bohannon will have to hit some threes mm. and i i can't imagine that they're gonna beat them by throwing the ball down in the paint and mm-hmm. kicking the crap out of them i don't know i, th- I think i i just think, think that they're gonna have a lot of tough time getting good shots off just because I think Iowa State switches so much and they're so versatile on defense that yeah. they're going to have to run really good, really nice sets on offense. To oh, I think Iowa State will win. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean it like that. No, I know. I, I, I know. do. I do think that it will yeah. be. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah. I mean, it always is, you know, and we've seen better teams than this going in. Well, <laughs> we've also seen better teams like this go in. At, and at lose. least what we thought was going to be a better team than this going and lose. And yeah. that team two years ago that went and lost there wasn't very good. At this point in the year. No. They still had a lot of things to work out on offense at that point. Because that was the first year without George Niang. Yeah. that. So. Well, I think Prohm said it yesterday that after that game, they were like 200, 200th something in offensive efficiency. Yeah. After that game got over. I mean, there they was, were horrible. It was a lot of iso ball. That was the first like fire Prohm 
moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fan base. What happened to, to our lead antsy. offense? It's like, oh yeah, everyone. The narrative was Prone can't win without Niang. Yeah, and then, uh, then they won whatever it was at the end of the season where they won like seven straight. Yeah, after the, close a year, after they beat 12. after they beat Kansas and, and Fog Allen. Yeah, they went on that streak, and then they beat. Uh, then they won the Big Twelve and had like one of the best offenses in the country. Yeah. To close the season. Once they finally, you got to figure it out. And yeah, you got to give credit to to Prome to figure that out. Yeah. Midway through the season. But it is crazy to look. You had the stat in your mailbag this week that Iowa State's one of only like eight teams to have top twenty defense and offense. Yeah. And I I, I know it's out there somewhere. I didn't look for it, but there was some kind of stat that like having the last so many national champions like had a top like ten adjusted defense and I think it's top twenty. Like because I've actually point. thought about that. Okay. I, I was like... So Iowa State is I, in that range right now. I was going to say, I got it in my mind. I was like, is Iowa State going to win the national championship? Yeah, and that's the thing. Another stat was, too, I believe the last two teams that uh, finished fifth in the Maui Invitational went on to the Final Four. Seriously? I'm pretty sure that was a stat that they pulled out on the broadcast at one point. Huh. You might have to fact check me on that, but I'm almost positive that's well, the case. All right. Well, we're here. We might as well just do it okay. if we're thinking about it. All right. All right. So the 2017 Maui Invitational. Who got fifth place? Come on, Wikipedia. I'll look up the, the 2016 on my phone. See Third can... place game. Fifth place game. Michigan got fifth. So who was who Michigan? Or did they, did they get last year? They did. They, they played for the national title. That was right. So, and who was 2016? So 2016 Maui Invitational. Okay, Wikipedia. Fifth place. Dog. Who, who was it? It was Oregon. That's right. And they went on that run with Dylan Brooks, didn't they? They did. They lost in, Nash, in the to Gonzaga. So there you go. We, the, we have two solid stats that are definitely always going to become true. Telling us that Iowa State is going to do fantastically in the NCAA tournament this year. One second. All right, I'm back. <laughs> uh, yeah, Iowa State's going to the Final Four. We've we've done the math. It checks out. I mean, I I don't know how anyone can refute it. So it's the Maui bump. If you want to get your your bets in on futures right now, definitely bet. I wonder Iowa State. what you can get Iowa State at to go to the Final Four right now. They probably have a national title pick for sure, but yeah, I don't know. Do they have a specific uh, qualifies for Final Four? I believe that? they do. I'm gonna look. We're while we're just on this train of thought. Yeah, man, everybody's gonna be so pissed at us for thinking <laughs> about. They're all gonna put down a hundred hundred dollars on this game. They should, or on this team. They should. Um, where's that? College basketball odds. Come on. I would think this is going to be a hard line to figure, to find. Yeah, it's being stupid. All right, I might not be able to do it right now. But anyways, you could probably stand to win quite a bit of money. Yeah. If you were to bet Iowa State to go to the Final Four. If anyone was in Ve- is in Vegas right now and can make that bet, if they wanted to let us know what the odds were, mm-hmm. we'd appreciate that. But All right, man, let's do the mailbag. Sounds good. Let me pull it up here. First mailbag question of the week was Seisk. He asks, where do you think Fred Hoiberg will end up? Timberwolves GM would be fun. We were literally just talking about this before. Uh, yeah, before we came on. Before we came on the air. Um, I got asked on an Omaha radio station yesterday whether or not I thought Iowa State would try and hire him as a like an administrator. Mm-hmm. I was like, 
No. I don't think Fred would have really any interest either. No, I think Fred's still got some basketball coaching left in him. Yeah, he won. I think at this point, since he's been coaching and that's like his his dream job is to coach, he wants to keep coaching if he's going to get another job. Right. I, that's what I think will happen. But and I do think it's going to be if he gets another job, it'll it will be in the NBA. I don't see him coming back to college basketball. I don't know. I think he could. I, don't I think, think he so. could. I think there was a lot of smoke there with that Oak, that Ohio State job, man. I don't think so. I think I think you're wrong. I disagree. I don't know. I I'm not saying he will, but I think yeah. I I would could see him going stay in the NBA. I mean, I, I think still I would never rule out him coming back. To I college. okay. I'll give that. I think he would uh, consider college offers. I just don't see him taking one. I think if Little Richard Patino were to get fired at Minnesota, mm-hmm. that might be a. I know possibility. There was the the rumors. I think after his third or fourth year here, that he was considering going to Minnesota. Yeah, that that was uh, those were certainly rumors. Yeah, those were there was smoke there. There, there was a lot of smoke there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but still, though, I think obviously, I think at that time that would have been just because it was more money. If I'm, uh, not, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, I don't, I don't know all the details, but anyways, yeah, there was certainly a lot of smoke there. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. <laughs> like I said, I think there was a lot of smoke with the Oklahoma, or with the Ohio State thing too. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at all if it if he did end up back in college at some point. Okay, so I have. I think a lot of people probably have wondered this ever since he got fired. Is there any scenario since you're you wouldn't be surprised if he came back to co- coach college basketball that Bill Self gets canned or or retires, Fred Hoiberg comes back and coaches the Kansas Jayhawks? You're trying to get everybody pissed at me again? Did you see my tweet Maybe. the other day? No, what was it? I said, uh, imagine a world in which Fred Hoiberg is back patrolling oh, the sidelines at yeah, Allen Fieldhouse. You did tweet that, didn't and you? And I was like, as the head coach at Kansas. Yeah. And I kind of got ratioed a little bit for a while. I was trying to, I was, well, just, being a, I was just being an ass about I, it, like I, making a joke. But. I think I saw you tweet that pretty early on, and I'm going to assume that most of the ratio tweet, like tweets in response to you were probably just GIF reactions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was exactly me, just like, I just was being an ass you know <laughs> yeah. i was just making a joke to be an ass but uh took a little bit of a page out of uh, travis hines's playbook there on twitter i think damn I, I'm, I'm i'm gonna say it shout out to travis i'm gonna own it i love you travis he's not listening he's but, not listening uh <laughs> fitzy's the one who said it not me yep you can come after me on on twitter travis don't doesn't he have any does he have you blocked no oh okay for some reason i thought he did is that Randy who has you blocked? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Randy has me blocked, which is so, so weird. Because we were following each other literally as early as like, I believe it was a year ago. And like, I think it was during football or basketball season, he blocked me. And I didn't even do anything. Like, I think I was just doing my normal stuff on Twitter. And one of, one of my tweets must have come across his timeline. And he just didn't like it that much and blocked me out of nowhere. I'm going to ask him. No, I would have swore he had you blocked when you came and no, covered that game with me last year because I thought we talked about this. Okay, well, maybe it was at that point, but I know for a fact that when I when I started working with Cycle Fanatic, he fo- he was following me at that point and did not have me blocked. So I don't know what it was. I don't know what the final straw was. He probably doesn't even know who I am or know what the tweet was. I would say he probably doesn't even realize like, no, really what. He probably doesn't. So I'm going to get him to unblock you. That, who else has you blocked that you know of? Has he blocked? No, no. Has you blocked? That's oh, what I meant. Oh, man. Uh, I don't think anyone else that I would need unblocked by. Yeah. Not J- Not Jamie Pollard. Oh, no. I've, I've, I've never tweeted at Jamie Pollard. Okay. I don't think Travis has either. He's blocked by Jamie Pollard. 
Travis Hines is? Yeah. Really? Yeah. See, that doesn't surprise me considering the, the well, whole. Yeah, I think that's probably where it stemmed from. Anonymous sources. But whenever thing. Jamie will like tweet something out that uh, is noteworthy. Yeah. He yeah. kind of, he's like, oh, guys, can you tell me what that tweet is? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of yeah. funny. But he probably has an alt, alt Twitter account that he uses to look at stuff like that. <laughs> I'm sure he probably does. Um, yeah, I've been surprised by, I think, did I talk about this last week? For some reason, I was talking about this with somebody, but there's like a lot of Hawk fans that have me blocked now. I don't really know why. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably because you spit too much fire. Probably. Yeah. It's got to be exactly what it is. So. All right. What's our next question? Oh, wait. We didn't even answer the other question. Oh, yeah. We got, we got on off a tangent. Uh, okay. The Kansas thing. Could I see it? Yeah. I think that if the job came open, that his name would probably come up. I'll say that. And because is Paige still there at this point? Or she graduated and moved on somewhere else. I don't know. I know she was with the program for a while. Yeah. But that, anyways, that would be the, the one connection. That I don't I know. See. If she is still there, then she's got to be getting close to, to graduating. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question. JD4560 asks, since the clones are playing Washington State and Mike Leach, if you could ask the pirate one question and only one question, what would it be? Man, I've thought, been thinking about this because I'm going to have my opportunity. I figured you'd like this one. <sighs> I just want to... I don't even like, know. Do you, do you go with like a general life That's what I'm kind saying. of question like, or do you go like is this football? In a pre- is this in a press conference setting? I must say no. You pull him aside. You, you This is off the record. You can ask literally anything you want. I kind of just want to ask him... Like what he, what he likes about the state of Iowa, something like that, you know. Oh yeah, something like that. Because isn't the story that he conceived the air raid offense with Hal Moom here in Iowa Hal somewhere? Mummy. Yeah, Hal Mummy. Sorry, I thought it was a. I know, I mean, it was maybe. a bar. It was a bar somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess I I haven't heard that story, but I guess that seems possible. Seems conceivable. Yeah. Since, since it came out of my mouth. Because isn't this where Holgerson Holgerson was? Here when he like got into it, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. At Iowa Wesleyan? Might have been, yeah. Man, I now I want to know. <laughs> I but no, I need to th- I I haven't had enough time to think about it. Maybe I wanna should... ask him if he thinks that jackalopes are real. <laughs> you know what I think you, you should ask him? I I think you should just ask him for general dating advice. <laughs> Coach, I can't <laughs> Coach, how do I get girls to like me? Yeah. That's a good question. I think, I think he'd look me up and down and he'd just like... No, he, he would go on a five-minute That's what I'm saying. He would, he'd look me up and down and then he would give me like a whole it, opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Would, it would be similar to the, to the wedding answer that he, he gave in my, right. in my mailbag. Yeah. That was outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Have you seen the one when he does the weather? No, I haven't. Oh, it's great. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Was that recent or was that a while back? Oh, it was in Texas. Okay. It was at Texas Tech. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, it was fantastic. I wonder, though. like, because I, I didn't follow college football near as closely as they do now but like when did mike leach start like getting a reputation for being this like kind of a, a weirder guy i think it was when he went to washington state i mean i think he was always kind of a weird guy mm-hmm. but he always stood out as being unique for the air raid obviously but i don't right. think he really went off the deep end for interviews until he got to washington state well i'm sure social media has helped that's true i mean at that point it was hard to know like unless you're looking for mike leach interviews on YouTube, Twitter, or on YouTube. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd probably say that it has to be Twitter. That's really helped him take off mm-hmm. in that sense. Now he's just like a lovable character. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's he's 
I know this is, this will be kind of a, a controversial opinion, but he's more he's like a more lighthearted uh, Huggy Bear, Bob Huggins. Yeah, because Huggins actually says something like some interesting stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. and just like goofy things. Yeah, and but he comes off so disgruntled, right? So like disgruntled, and so I mean, I've always heard that when he is off the record, that there's like nobody better. Yeah, he's he's a that dude holds total, court like yeah. it, at the coaches' conventions and like uh, at the Final Four and like that kind of stuff. And it doesn't matter who it is; like he holds court with everybody mm-hmm. and just like everybody is crowded around Bob Huggins hanging out, you yeah. know. And that's what I want to get in on one of those sessions sometime. Yeah, I just want to be like around. Yeah, because I think lots of people, you know, see how he acts on the court and obviously the press Virginia coaching style. I want to be a fly on a wall on the wall. For a conversation between Bob Huggins, Scott Drew, Bruce Weber, <laughs> and Chris Beard. Those four specifically? Those four specifically. So, okay. So, it, it, the, the last one's a little in- interesting to me. Why throw in Co- Chris Beard? I still have a standing in- invitation from Chris Beard to come down to Lubbock anytime I want. Oh, really? Yeah. So, that's why you threw him in just because you're, you're chums? Yeah, kind of. I don't yeah. know. At, uh, at the, his first Big 12 media day, no one talked to him because it was like, <laughs> I don't think anyone had any interest. It had any like inclination that he was going to actually do anything at Texas Tech. Yeah. And uh, I went and talked to him because I can't remember what we asked him about, but um, I asked him, he's like, am I going to see you down in Lubbock later this year? <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was yeah. like, maybe. He's like, what? He's like, if you do, he's like, you're welcome anytime. I was like, dude. Okay. So, okay. So eventually I'm sure you'll make it down to Lubbock. Maybe. Yeah. If you, if you end up seeing him, you're going to have to ask him if you remember him. If, if, he, if he remembers you coming up at the very first big 12 media days he was at. Oh, those guys, those guys really do. Like they remember much better than what you would think. The mm-hmm. visiting media members really? scott drew still remembers me every time i see well, him he says something to and me. you probably stand out just because again you're so tall and yeah you're, and you're younger too yeah but every time i see him he says he makes some sort of comment yeah. you know so it's like i think those guys remember people That's i mean cool. some of them do yeah better than what you would think you and know, that, bill you self know. has so many guys around him that i, I doubt he remembers no but, yeah uh especially if you're there for a while like yeah they they're eventually going to just kind of pick up on yeah. who you are and honestly of all the the big 12 basketball coaches in the big Again, in the Big 12, the individual basketball coaches in the yeah. Big 12. The uh, Scott Drew, honestly, is probably one of the ones I'd want to play for most. He just seems like a cool guy. Yeah, Scott Drew's, I good. Know he's, Scott he, Drew's good dude. He's got his I don't quirks. Care. I know people don't like him, but... Yeah. Uh, I think part of that's just because he's at Baylor, too. The whole Baylor thing rubs off on him. Yeah, that definitely is true. But... Um, all right. We got any more questions or just said it? That was it for the mailbag. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with underrated underdogs and would you rathers on the Stands and Fits podcast presented by Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it's Chris Williams. We're in the heart of football season now, and I got to tell you, I feel a lot better than I did a year ago, and I owe a lot of that to Dr. Kruger at the Ames Eye Clinic. Also, uh, their Des Moines location is, they're called Des Moines Eye Care in Des Moines. Same guys, really great eye doctors. I never thought that I had eye problems. I don't really have problems seeing or anything like that, but I was suffering from chronic headaches. I mean, it was nonstop. I always had a headache. 
And I think a lot of it was because I stared at a screen all day. Dr. Kruger took a look at my eyes, took him about a half hour, and he knew exactly what was wrong. Prescribed me some glasses that now I use while I'm on my computer, while I'm working for you guys at Cyclone Fanatic all day. And man, has it made a difference. I'm even sleeping better. I challenge you, if you have a problem like this, any sort of eye problem, to contact our friends at Des Moines Eye Care and the Ames Eye Clinic. You can check out DesMoinesEyeCare.com or AmesEyeClinic.com. I would encourage you to do this and tell them that we sent you. Tell them thank you for supporting what we're doing here at Cyclone Fanatic. All right, time for underrated underdogs. Wait, so we just got to get an update on the last ones, right? Yeah, we'll do a quick update. Uh, the last one, again, it was it was championship week. Uh, Jared's pick was Utah. There was no other better options. I want to make that clear. Yeah, because I had already picked Texas over Oklahoma. And both of our underrated underdogs lost. So yeah. we, we both finished the regular season. Did you see Brecken Hager's hand? Yes, completely cut up. He had to have punched something. Oh, he punched a locker, dude. I was, was reading, yeah, I was reading some of the replies to the tweet that announced he was they thought he'd be good to go on but. one hand i feel bad for him on the other hand ha 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 <laughs> you know it's like come on dude did you well i saw a video too like he made all those comments about ou after the iowa state game he was talking massive crap yeah he was uh he was saying a lot of things yeah he got his ass kicked yeah in that game his, dude. The, yeah oklahoma's offensive line totally right. took him to the doghouse there was a highlight real of just Oklahoma guys just burying his ass in the dirt. Yeah. And I was like, goodness gracious, those guys were pissed off at that guy. Yeah. You know? 100%. And they made it a point to just own him. Yep. Um, in which they certainly did. And it was entertaining. It was very entertaining. <laughs> but I saw that picture of his hand and I was like, I was like, whoa. It's like my hand hurts a little bit. Dude, it, yeah, like there's like chunks out of his hand. Yeah. I was, I, it was disgusting. He didn't hold anything back and make, making sure he, that locker knew who was boss. Yeah. It was like uh, maybe an alleged punch by the star player, the Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah. uh, against the wall after exactly. game one of the NBA finals <laughs> last year. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. A legend. So, uh, also, while we're on the topic of underrated underdogs, I did go back and find out how our picks did against the spread. Okay. If we were just picking them against the spread. So had you gone just against the spread, not to win outright, you would have gone six and seven on cover versus no cover. That one last week was close too. It was. There was a lot that were really close. Yeah. Um, and I would have gone six and six in in one push. Okay. So we were both about five hundred. So we weren't making any money. No, we were we were holding even basically. Maybe. <laughs> but we're only bit. picking underdogs. So exactly in our defense, only picking underdogs. So that's that's not too bad. Yeah. And only only power five underdogs too. Yeah, to add yeah. to it. Yeah, so I think we did pretty good. Yep. I'm, I'm not upset about it. Good job to us. All right, let me pull up the uh, would you rather questions here. All right, let's... All right, actually, never mind. There's no there's no numbers on this one. So how about I'm just going to scroll a little slowly. You tell me when to stop. Stop. All right. Would you rather be poor but help people or become incredibly rich by hurting people? <laughs> be poor by help and help people? <laughs> be poor but help people. Or become incredibly rich by hurting people. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably roll with option one. <laughs> okay. So wouldn't, like wouldn't you? I mean, it's it's rich, dude. Okay. This this would kind of determine this would uh hinge on how I'm hurting people for being rich. Like, is it hurting people like through war? Am I killing people? In case wow, that's really, really bad. Am I hurting people by taking their money? And that's like I don't know, like scamming them in a way, like convincing them to buy something they don't need. That's not as bad. 
I don't know, dude. I'm just going to say you should probably just be poor and help people. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. That, that would uh, make sure that I'm not going to the bad place. Instead of, be, instead of being shady. Yeah. You know. All right, let's do another one. Say stop. Stop. Would you rather always be able to see five minutes into the future or always be able to see 100 years into the future? <laughs> um, what, do you, what do we feel like would give us the most? Like what would give you the best ability to counteract whatever is about to happen? To prepare well this is okay so i think if you were focused on yourself yeah and you wanted to benefit yourself more you'd obviously want to do five minutes right but if you want do you to have the capability to change what's about to happen um that's a good question i would say yes because i think if you saw the future then you could you would still have the conscious decision to not do what you saw coming right yeah i'd say if you the hundred years one would be if you're trying to help humanity. Yeah. Best like if you want to, in that way. If you want to prevent the, the future problems of the world, then you could alert people ahead of time. Right. But it wouldn't really benefit you at all. Yeah. Be, unless. Be trying to help everybody's children. Unless, but the only problem is I feel like a hundred years, like there'd be no way for any, I guess in, in this case, prophecy in a way that you would be making. No one would ever know, like whether or not you're right. That's you know? true, because even if you tell it to someone who's ten years old, they're probably going to be dead by then. Right. Like you'd basically have to write it all out and say, "This is how we need what we need to do." Yeah. And then a hundred years later, your kid <laughs> will come upon it and will say, "All right, this is what we need to do." Yeah. You're not, maybe probably not even your kid. And like the funny thing is, even if you wrote all that your down, kid's kid, people wouldn't really know if you were telling the truth or not until it was a hundred years later. Right. <laughs> So that like by like year ninety five, they, they'd all be like, "Damn!" By year ninety five, right. you'd be like, "Wow! Oh, some of these stuff, some of these things he was predicting might come true," and then and then of course by then it'd be too late. So, yeah. So I think we both agree that you'd rather be able to see five minutes in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the. I don't know. I don't feel like either one of them really benefits you that much because five minutes, like, what can you do in five minutes to prepare? Well, you could bet in game props, maybe. Ooh, that's true. You can make a lot of money seeing five minutes in the future. That's fair. Okay. That's okay. fair. All right. Um, go ahead and say stop to one more. Stop. Nah, we'll probably do two more because this is going to be a short podcast. Okay, two more. Or a short segment. That one's, that one's a little dark. I'm not going to do that one. Okay, here's a good one. Would you rather have a completely, completely automated home or a self-driving car? Have you ever seen the Disney Channel movie Smart Home? Smart um, House or whatever it's called? I don't think so. I always saw previews for it, but I never actually watched it. It didn't, sure. didn't the home like eventually like take over and like yeah. turn evil? Right. It, pretty sure it tries to like marry the dad and like falls in love with the dad. And oh, stuff. that's right. It yeah, was because it, it was, like, to turn female. into the mom. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Wait. So what was the other option? <laughs> uh, or have a self-driving car. Oh, I'd definitely rather have the self-driving car. Yeah. hundred percent. Because you could get so much done instead of like that time to drive. And I'm absolutely not risking any smart house type situations. Yeah. And plus, if you had a self-driving car, then... I feel like you could even, like, if you had a fully self-driving car, like, th they exist. Yeah. But if you had, like, where it would definitely not ever have any issues. Yeah. Then that would be so valuable. Like, you could, like, rent that out and stuff. Well, and you could, like, think of all that added time for productivity. Mm. You know? Instead of that, instead of having to drive three hours to Kansas City to go cover the Big 12 basketball tournament, you could get stuff done. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have all that time that you can get stuff done mm. that normally would just be wasted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'd be phenomenal. It would. 
So yeah, I'm with you there. Self-driving car all the way. If you could afford a Tesla, like one of the Teslas that is automatic driving, would mm-hmm. you do it? What, if I could afford one? Yeah. As in like if I had the capability, would I, would I trust the car enough to, yeah. to do it? And I don't even know. That's a tough one. I feel like I'd still have my doubts and I'd still want to drive myself. I would at least pay a lot of attention. You know, yeah. it, like, would, I would, it would not be much different than just normal driving. Yeah, I could, I could probably sit there, but I'd still have my eyes on the road. Right. I wouldn't want to be like dive completely into a book or anything like that. Have you seen those things though? Uh, just like the, what they look like on the inside. Like they're super nice, aren't they? Yeah, they're crazy. I think that the screen is like the screens they have in them. It's like the whole. The console. Console. Yeah. It's nuts. Dude, that's the future, man. Eventually all the cars will be like that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you laugh now. I laugh now, but it's going to be true. I'm sure. All right. So, yeah, we'll do one more then. Maybe two more. We'll do you remember see. the show we'll Pit My Ride? Yes, I love that show. <laughs> Man, throw back to, throw back to, the, to Exhibit and Pit My Ride. Yeah, dude. West Coast Customs. Yep. That show is such a sham, though. Oh, yeah. They would take everything out. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't, wasn't, didn't a lot of people, like, they got the ride pimped and then they, like, actually had to pay taxes, like, more on it or well, something like that? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they'd say, all right, well, now you got to pay for all this stuff. Yeah, like, that's if, right. Like, they'd put the Xbox in your car and everything and then, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and then they're like, like yeah, no. Nah, we're, we're not, we're not getting that for you. Yeah. You're you just going to take it. it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know though. Maybe they, maybe they agreed to that before they came on the show though. I'm pretty sure they, like, that's why the show ended was because they kept getting sued. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, never mind. I stand corrected. I don't know. I'd have to go back and do research, but I, I remember, feel like I read like an oral history about the show or something that said that. That might be. All right. Let me see if I can find a good one here. Um, <laughs> oh, um, Okay, here's a here's a fun one. Would you rather there be a perpetual water balloon war going on in your city slash town or a perpetual food fight? Water balloon. <laughs> yeah, that would be so fun, dude. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining this. A perpetual war. Like, okay, so would there would it be a free-for-all? Or would it be there's like two sides? There's alliances. It's a it's a civil war. Or or yeah, groups. Like there's alliances. Split right down the middle. Yeah. Like you if you are entering enemy territory, <laughs> you're well aware that you need to be on full alert. Yeah, you need to have like a uh, like a water a rain jacket, a yeah. machine gun and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You wear your rain jacket to certain parts of town. And like what are, what are the consequences? Are do you just get soaked? Or is there is there further consequences for getting hit by a water balloon? You get ambushed and they're like they you get tied to a chair and they just pelt you with water balloons continuously. Maybe it's an actual war where they're actually trying to hurt you, but they can only use water balloons. <laughs> uh, but that'd be so fun. Okay, so anyways, that's that how was, many water balloons do you think you'd have to get hit with to be before you drown? Well, it'd have to be so many that you suffocate. That's what I'm saying. So it had to. Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that there'd be necessarily a number, but you, it would just have to be such in rapid succession that you can never catch your breath. How many do you think it would take? All right. Um, so I figured it'd probably have to be There'd like, have to be some sort of device. I think that would be... It'd probably be like at least two water balloons hit me in the face in a second, I would say. So if you average that out, like how many seconds do you think before you drown? Probably like, I don't know. If you're, if you're not prepared for it, what, a minute or two minutes? It's like, like basically... So like if they're going to use these as torture devices, waterboarding yeah. of sorts. Okay. So if it, again, if it were two water balloons a second, I think you'd need at least... 120 water balloons, so a full minute. Man, that would be something. Yeah, that'd be a sight to behold. Yeah. We should, we should uh, submit that to Mythbusters if they still make that show. Like, how, how many water balloons does it take to... To kill a human. Yeah, I guess it's not really a myth. It's more of an experiment. 
but either way. This would be a hell of a science fair project. It would be. Uh, we just have to find someone to kill. <laughs> someone who's actually going to go to a science fair. Yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> Those are a thing of the past, I'm pretty sure. All right. Let's do, this is the last one. Okay. Um, okay, here's, here's a one that I think might take a little bit of thought. Would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again? Huh. Never stand in line again. So what what was the thought in your head that made you say, yes, I definitely never want to stand in line again? I don't know. I just think about what's more annoying, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess red lights aren't fun, obviously, but they don't really affect you that much. Like we're so used to hitting red lights, but at the same time, when when you're standing in line, lots of times, like when it's really bad line, you're not prepared for it really. Right. That's what I'm saying. I just think about the moments when you get somewhere and there's a huge line and you're like, Oh gosh. I don't want to stand in this line. Yeah. Like I think about like Jack Tri Stadium concessions at halftime and stuff like that. Like you could get out, uh, like after the first half ends, you could get out there and you'd, you'd still be in line sometimes, even when the second half kicks off. Right. It can get that bad. So if that, like, if that scenario never ha- has to happen again in any situation in my life, that'd be really nice. Or like if you have to go to the bathroom in one of those situations and then you have to stand there and wait in line. Because <laughs> if you get out of line, then you lose your spot. Think about the line that you get, have to, like, if, I imagine like at Wells Fargo. When there's a big event and you're waiting in line to go to the bathroom there, mm-hmm. and it's like a 50-person deep line. Yeah. And you're like, maybe you had a few beers. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, I really got to pee. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just, it. you're standing there just like. Got to hold it in. Yeah. Don't want to use the cup. Yeah. <laughs> I I would say without a doubt, waiting in line. Yeah. That's a good one. I think, I think, because you can factor in red lights, but you can't always count on being in a line. So exactly. I'm with you. All right, man. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no problem. We will uh, be back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stands and Fits, presented by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. Pete the Hawks. Yeah, hell yeah. Peace.